It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. I'm your host and one of the advisors on the show. My name is Mike Bernard along with my fellow financial advisor, Josh Gregory, and special guest today, Ryan Fair. That's right. We're glad to welcome our friend and colleague. I feel like I want to call you our brother in arms here. We've been in the trenches together for a long time. That's right. We're talking about CPA and CFP, Ryan Fair, extraordinaire there. Uh, he's back uh, on the program for actually the next two weeks. And today's show will be breaking down what you need to know to make this 2016 tax filing season your best one ever. That's right. We're going to be hitting a lot of questions. It's tax time, folks. So a lot of tax questions. If you have any questions or comments about what you're going through or a quote unquote friend of yours is going through, that's fine. Reach out to us. WiseMoneyRadio.com or give us a call 574-222-2000. And lastly, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. A lot of posts going out there about taxes and tax questions, as well as quote of the week, question of the week. To get inspired, all oh, the quotes of the week, guys. So check us out and uh, stay connected that way. Okay, folks, I already mentioned it. It is tax time. Can you feel it? It's like you can smell it. Introvert, <laughs> introverts. Uh, I'm alarmed by that right now. We are in a closed door I room I do here. have a big nose. God gave me a really big nose. But I tell you, right now, introverts and financial-minded folks like us are so excited we can't even sleep. However, the rest of the population is also losing sleep just out of fear and trepidation. Am I going to miss something? Am I going to make a mistake? Uh, will, I, will I not get all of the refund that I'm owed? Oh, my goodness, the agony. Thankfully, God made people like Ryan Fair, and he's here today to share with us some wisdom. And uh, so, Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. You've been on before. Uh, For someone who hasn't heard your voice on the show before, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Sure. Uh, Background, nothing's changed since last time I was on the show. (laughs) Still married to my high school sweetheart, Elon, uh, going on 12 years now. Got two daughters, Jenna and Reese. Hi, girls. Uh, I grew up here in the area. And down in North Liberty, I went to college down at Indiana State. Been working with Corhorn Financial Group or at Corhorn Financial Group since 2001. So that's the trenches that Josh was talking about. So, uh, yeah, as Mike also said, I do have my CFP. I got that back in about 2005 and then later finished up my CPA. And I think that was about 2009. Hmm. That makes Ryan a bit of a legend in our office, by the way. And in fact, his story gets shared with every young professional that we bring in, especially people who are wondering about what their career path is going to be. Because you, when you were down at Indiana State, you were mm-hmm. studying finance, finance and yep. had every intention of becoming a financial advisor yourself, yep. got uh, down the, the certified financial planner track and realized when you were studying taxes, of all things, that you, you kind of found your calling, it, it seems. and. Yep made the switch over to our tax team and has been providing some amazing leadership there. 
And uh, so it, it's awesome that you you were able to really do kind of a career change within our firm. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we try to emphasize that to people who come in uh, yeah. to, to work with us, that there's a lot of ways we can help people in the world of finance. Yeah. And Ryan's been a key player on the tax team. We've got a great tax team, folks. Just honorable mention. Scott Anson is a, is a great player on our tax team. He does a lot of the business work. Uh, Matt Hoke. Amy Masters. I mean, there's there's too many to list, but we've got a great team, and Ryan leads that team. So, for folks who are listening right now and wondering, okay, what's the experience like if I if I'm looking for a tax preparer? Before we get into the details of what we're talking about, if I'm looking for a tax preparer, Ryan, what should someone expect if they're calling and need some tax help? Sure. Yeah, Corhorn Financial Group. We've got a couple of different ways that we typically work with clients. Uh, one is we have clients that simply drop off their tax documents or upload those to a secure uh, cloud folder for us. Our team then takes those and processes them, gets them to the preparer, the preparer works on the return, gets it completed, and then uh, passes it off to a reviewer within the office that we have uh, people on the team that are specifically designated for review, and then they review the tax return, make sure that everything looks good and is accurate and we've got everything we need. And once that's done, we print it up, get it assembled, and uh, get it to the client. And we contact the client first to arrange the final delivery. And this is one of the things that kind of sets us apart or helps us uh, maintain an edge, is we make it a point to offer every client a face-to-face meeting when they pick up their tax return. So even if they just drop it off, if we've done their return for years, it's easy for clients to drop it off because we already know their history. We know what's going on. And uh, then when we are done with it, we meet with them to deliver it and make sure we actually sit down and review it one-on-one with them and educate them. So once the clients have reviewed it with us and everything looks good, sign the e-files, we e-file all the returns, and then it heads off to the government for final processing. The second way then that we do work with clients is we have tons of clients that call. Like right now, they're, they're in the process of calling, scheduling their appointments for any time here in the next couple months. And then they come in and, and literally sit down with a preparer face-to-face. They bring in all of their tax documents. And we many times just complete the return right there while the clients are, are with us. If not, if it's a more complicated situation, we go through all of the details with the client, ask all the questions we need, and let them know what else we need as far as uh, follow-up documentation. And so we get the return done and, again, return it to the clients and have them signed and done right there in the meeting. So, so basically there's two tracks. Both are extremely thorough. Multiple yeah. eyes on your situation, making sure that everything is quote unquote double checked and, and uh, all those things that could keep you up at night. Right. Uh, you've got peace of mind. So let's dive into it. All right. How does someone make this year their best year ever when it comes to taxes? How do you win at taxes this year, Ryan? Well, a couple, couple of basic winning things that I would say is first, you have to do the return accurately. That's what? obvious. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Seems a little obvious, but uh, that is a win in my book if the return's accurate. If the return's on time, uh, that's that's a win for the client and for us. We, we don't want these returns extended and dragging out for months and months. Uh, we want tax season to be done so we can... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can get back to the golf yeah, course. So or, can, yeah, <laughs> start living life again. No, there's just, there's <laughs> issues if it's, if it's extended right. too Absolutely. long and so on. Yep. Yeah, yep. And, and then that's just more stuff for us to clean up as well. People that extend, um, it seems like there's always issues that mm-hmm. we run into. So 
So win, I would say accurate, on time. And then the third thing that is really a win in my book is if the client actually understands what in the world the numbers mean, everybody files a tax return and it's just one of those things that you have to do as an American. But I can't tell you how many times I sit down with a client after we finish the return and literally walk through line by line of the, t- of the 1040. And to us, it's, you know, I see these returns every single day. So I can usually do them in my sleep, but you would, I, I can't believe how many people say, wow, I've never, I've never had anybody show me what those numbers mean or where they came from or, you know, explain how they actually impact their financial situation. And that's rewarding. So, so really that's the third win for me is if they understand where in the world all these numbers come from. And that one's huge too, because when you understand how uh, the, the tax picture is coming together, you can begin to, to realize, well, what are the things that you can do in your financial life to change the numbers legitimately? Right. You know, within the tax code, there are ways that you can planfully, proactively change your tax picture. And to me, it, it does all begin with understanding the tax return. I, I think that's well said. Well, so, how, but Josh, as a financial planner, would you change how you would define a win this tax season? I mean, it, you, so you need to have an accurate tax return. Of course, it needs you. You hope it's filed timely. How would you change it and redefine a win? Well, you know, I, I come at it just purely from a planning standpoint, and um, not only do you want to understand the tax return, but is it the picture that you would expect? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a financial advisor, we we do some tax planning strategies with clients, and you're hoping for a certain outcome, and uh, did you get it? Is is one of the questions, but. Uh, the, the idea of planning and being proactive is what I would hope that this show can help inspire people um, just to be more forward looking and not just did you get the right numbers in the right box on the tax return. Yeah, that's right. So it's really all about, yes, having an accurate return filed this year, having it filed on time. And I love it that what you said, Ryan, at making sure that um, that you understand what the numbers mean, where they come from, that it's not a big mystery. And I understand some people are uh, financially minded, others aren't. Um, but I, you know, to take it to a higher level, to me, the win is that this tax year fit nicely into your plan, your lifelong plan of paying the least amount of tax over your lifetime. And we're gonna talk about a few strategies to do that that you can still do right now for last year and some that can help make 2017 even better for you. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike Bernard alongside Josh Gregory and special guest CPA Ryan Fair with a personality. <laughs> That's debatable. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> hey, special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene and First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. Thank you very much. Today we're talking about how to win on your taxes this year. There's there's some uh, commercials going on about that, but they confuse me. I don't understand what that means, and I'm in the business. So I've heard you mention this so many times that I'm pretty convinced it's your new pet peeve. Isn't I am it? so frustrated by those <laughs> commercials. It doesn't make sense. You drive, you're going around on a horse talking about winning on taxes, but there's, it doesn't mean anything. So here, we're talking about it. How to win on your taxes this year with CPA Ryan Fair 
If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000, or visit us, wisemoneyradio.com, to submit a question that way. So we were just talking about how you define a win. And Ryan would say accurate tax return um, that is filed on time and that you really understand what's going on. And then Josh and I kind of took a bigger picture and said, yeah, that's how you win this year. But how you win every year is having a multi-year tax planning strategy so that you can pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. And that ties right into John's question. John is from Granger. He's 61. Here's what he asked. I'm concerned about my tax bill this year when I file my taxes. I'm self-employed and I made a little more money than I have in the past, but I don't want a big tax surprise. Is there anything that I can do now to lessen my tax bill? Uh, thankfully, John, there are a few things. And, and in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Josh and Ryan on the spot. And of course, I've already uh, written down all the <laughs> answers, but uh, we're going to talk about, okay, what, what are the things that John could do or any of us could do to improve our tax situation. But I'd first tell you, John, being self-employed, there are so many tax opportunities as well as tax, maybe traps, that you need to be aware of. It seems like tax planning is very valuable for everyone being proactive with your tax situation, but certainly if you're self-employed. Well, and so so any business owner is probably already aware that uh, one of the big tax write-offs available to you is something called a Section 179. And, Bless you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, th- this is an opportunity for you to um, I- essentially fast forward the write-off on a purchase that you've made for your business, a, a large piece of equipment or a vehicle, um, y- you know, some- something major that you purchased um, and normally you would depreciate that slowly over time, over the course of several years maybe. But you do have the ability to write it off all in one shot. And you may want to do that if you believe that 2016 was an extra, extra, extraordinary year as far as high income goes, mm-hmm. right? If you think that it was higher than what it will be moving forward, then you may want to pull some of those future tax savings into that year. As long as you actually purchased the equipment and put it into mm-hmm. service, that's the key. Yep. It can't be you know, on a truck on its way to your shop or your office. It needs to be put into service. Um, you, have the, you have the choice now as you prepare your return. Do you write it off slowly or do you do it quickly? I would just encourage you, John, you, you said you're concerned about your tax picture. Sometimes people just do the knee-jerk reaction and they, they try to write it off all real quickly because they don't want the tax paying this year. Right. And they may be shooting themselves in the foot over the coming years if uh, actually your income is just going to keep growing in the future. What else, Ryan? Yeah, well, since Josh stole my thunder about the depreciation <laughs> uh, acceleration, I'll steal some of the uh, the financial planning part is retirement, self-employed retirement plans. There's lots of good options available for self-employed uh, individuals and like like our uh, our caller John was. And basically, you can still make those contributions to some of the retirement plans as we're filing your tax return or before you file your tax return. Um, but it didn't have to be done before December 31st necessarily. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of options to look at for those retirement plans. Could be your IRA, could be a SEP IRA, um, could be an IRA for your spouse, your significant, your spouse, yep. you know, where you're, it's called a spousal IRA. If, if, even if they didn't have any earned income, you could contribute some money in, in their account and help yep. you on your taxes. Uh, of the ones that you mentioned, the one that I like is the SEP IRA. 
especially if you're self-employed and don't have any employees. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you do have employees, watch out. Th- watch out just simply because whatever you do for yourself, you have to match for them as well. Uh, however, the, the nice thing is you have even longer to make that contribution. Normally we talk about uh, April 15th being your deadline for making contributions to IRAs for last year. Well, this SEP IRA, you can contribute uh, up till April 15th or your tax filing deadline with extensions. Mm-hmm. So that can buy you even more months as long as you actually did extend your tax return. Right. Yep. So yeah, you've got an extra five or six months when you extend, uh, depending on the kind of uh, return your filing, but but yeah, you've got extra time on that SEP. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the other things, I'm not sure it applies to John, but I'm sure it applies to a lot of you. I'll tell you, it applies to me, um, and that is making a health savings account contribution. Now, we've talked about that before. So you, at first, you need a high deductible, an eligible high deductible health care plan. Uh, if you have one, then you are eligible to have a health savings account, which is a bank account that you can set dollars aside for tax-free before tax, and then you can use them for certain medical expenses. It's got to be a written prescription or an actual doctor visit, but then you, when you spend that money, it also comes out tax-free. In, in my opinion, that's one of the rare ways that you can actually use tax-free money is an HSA. Our favorite way to put money into an HSA is... Uh, through payroll deduct. So if you're, employee, if you're an employee, you can set it up for money to go straight into your HSA because that saves you federal, state, as well as FICA taxes. So right, right off the top, out of your paycheck, in other words. Exactly. But if you're self-employed, if you're, if you're a small business owner and an S-corp, let's say, something like that, or if you don't have the ability, John, maybe you're not running payroll, so you can't just run it right through your paycheck, you can make a contribution right out of your pocket and it gets deducted on the front page of your tax return, saving you federal and state. So I just made a contribution. Um, I was doing some of my tax planning and as well, I, some of you know, I've had some health stuff going on with my leg and crutches and all that fun stuff. And so we've been spending a whole bunch of money out of our HSA. So I just did some tax planning through extra money in here in January for 2016. You know, another thing I would just point out to you, John, um, and and this is not a criticism of you or any other entrepreneur that I know, but you want to make sure that you've got good records on what you spent throughout the year. Um, You know, sometimes you're busy just doing the work of your occupation or your profession here, running your business, and uh, you want to make sure that you don't have expenses slipping through the cracks where they're not actually getting counted for you. I think this is one of people's greatest concerns. And you're talking just to the business owner of making sure that you've got accurate records. But I think even individuals are just concerned that something's happening in their tax life that they might not get a record of or get documentation on. That's right. So, so maybe they miss it, or maybe they just don't even realize that it can be written off, so they don't bother to share that information with their tax preparer, with their CPA, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Ryan, earlier you were mentioning uh, one of the ways that you serve clients is by sitting face-to-face with them and walking through the return. You're, you're literally cranking out the tax return while they're sitting in your office, having dialogue, you're mm-hmm. asking questions as they come up. And this is how you uncover those types of things. That's right. But you, you need to have the information in the room with you when you're sitting down with a CPA. So you want to come prepared, come well-organized. It's one of the reasons why if, if you do have a s- small business that you're running on the side, uh, it, it's often good to make sure that you run every expense through 
a specific bank account for that business. You know, don't yeah. maybe you have a credit card that you use just explicitly for that business, and it just helps you record everything, make sure things don't slip through the cracks. Yep. Yeah, and I always encourage people. I said, don't don't be afraid of asking me a dumb question. People are embarrassed. You know, they come up with questions like, oh, I, I'm sure this isn't deductible, but what about this? This literally this week, I met with a uh, young gal that. Uh, just had a W-2, really easy return. She she asked me the question, and she's like, oh, I, I just paid off my car this this month. Do I do I get to do anything with that on my taxes? I said, no, it, not not in your situation, but that's awesome. Great job paying off your car. Um, unfortunately, the, the government just looks at the car payment as a personal expense for a regular W-2 employee, so there's no tax deduction, but you mm-hmm. know, good job for asking. asking. So, right. Yeah, so I guess the moral of the story is to Talk with an expert to ask them questions. Don't shy away from what you think could be dumb questions. And I just have an electronic file that I can scan things into all throughout the year that I throw things in. And I also have a manila envelope in my home office that I just throw documents in. So, hey, we're talking about how to make this tax season your best one ever, how to actually win. We've got much more coming up as well as more listener questions about how to make this a great tax season for you here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hey, good morning, folks. Thanks for being with us this morning. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. My name is Mike. I've got Josh and Ryan Fair, CPA, in the MNC studio with us. Today's part one of a two-part series about how you can win on your taxes this year. How in the world can you do that? We're breaking it down today. If you have any questions about your taxes or anything else you're going through financially, check us out, wisemoneyradio.com, or give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, join the conversation on Facebook, or you can ask a question that way. Some folks do, at Wise Money Radio, and uh, follow along that way. So we've been diving through the, this just kind of deep dive into how do you make sure this is a great tax year, and we talked about having an accurate return, and, and but then also having a, a kind of a, a plan to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. And we're just kind of talking through some of the things that you can do within that planning process to improve your taxes. But let's take just a moment and talk about some of the tax surprises that catch people off guard. You'd even almost call these mistakes. Yeah, th- things that you didn't have on your radar screen that you... Uh, you just missed and uh, unfortunately can create a tax surprise. One of them um, that have been near misses for, for some folks are they don't realize that things like a child tax credit, which is a thousand bucks in your pocket if you're a parent, as long as your income doesn't go too high or anything, um, that goes away when your child turns 17. Why 17? No one yep. knows. Why right. would they pick 17? Right. I could understand 18. I could too. Uh, they're they're a legal adult, but for whatever reason, that's the age, and it catches people off guard. And so, so you could have this gap between getting a child tax credit for your young child, and they're not yet old enough to be in the college years, where maybe there are some new credits that show up to replace that child tax credit. You can have a a year of whipsawing your tax return a little bit, and uh, sometimes that can swing people from refund mode to owing. 
And if you don't understand why, um, you know, this would be a good reason for uh, sitting down with a CPA and, and truly diving into the details of your return. Yeah, that one always confuses people or catches them off guard because they, they're thinking, well, the kid still lives at home with me. Why, you know, why can't I claim them? And I have to explain, you are claiming them. You're claiming them as a dependent. You still get the dependent exemption, but it's this child tax credit, the $1,000 of real yeah. money that's yeah. gone. And the other thing that catches people by surprise is you mentioned this kind of this gap between getting that child tax credit and then the child entering college. When the child's in college they can get the American Opportunity Credit, depending. Which is a sweet deal. Which is a great deal. But it's only for the first four years of college. Yeah. And so I played a little college hockey and traveled around a, a little bit. And so I went just over four years because credits didn't transfer and whatever else. And and that's, that's pretty common. Casey talks about it on his show all the time. Four years is not the average college experience anymore. And yet parents are still paying for it. You're still getting student loans. But you're only getting the best tax benefits for those first four years. And I'm going to get real, real technical here. You get to take that four times. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it could be that your your, your child is using up their four in the first three and a half years of their college. So the spring semester that they graduate on time in four years, hopefully, um, you may not be able to claim that for them. Yep. So keep that in mind. Good point. point. The other thing that I see catching people off guard is if they made just a little bit more money, which is great. I want people to make as much money as possible. But um, that pushes them into the 25% tax bracket. If there's dividends or capital gains that now all of a sudden become taxable, that can really catch people off guard. That's, that's, the, that's the scary scenario where people think, did I just make too much money? No, go out and make as much as you can. But know what your deductions are and know if you're real close to the edge of any credits or deductions. That's where working with a certified financial planner and a CPA who understands the, the financial planning issues can really help because make an extra you know few thousand, but then maybe do a little bit more into your 401k or HSA so you can still be eligible. I think there may be some people who get some, I'll call them pleasant surprises. Uh, coming out of 2016, pretty much from the time the election was over till the end of the year, the stock market really performed nicely, yeah. right? And so there are some folks who actually generated better returns than what they realized. Some of that may end up showing up on a tax return in the form of dividends or interest or capital gains. And if you hadn't accounted for that in in your planning, your projection, maybe you end up with a surprise on the high side uh, where your income just comes in bigger than, than normal. I've got one more issue before we move on to another question. Do you have another one, Ryan? No, I don't, want, I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, I see this all the time. You're still working for the same company. You still have the same job. Maybe hopefully you got a little bit of raise. You, it, Ryan's nodding his head. But your company changed payroll providers. And all of a sudden your withholdings get all out of whack. And you have no idea because you just got a raise or something like that. And you have no, you have no real idea until you show up at tax time and realize, whoops, they weren't withholding for local taxes. Mm-hmm. Or whoops, I was having $300 per pay withheld for federal. Now it was only 150 and you owe thousands of dollars. Guys, that happens, yep. Ryan, what, probably a dozen times a, dozen, a year? Yep. yep. And it, it's tragic because you feel, you feel awful for folks, but technically they've had this extra money in their pocket and now they've got to scramble and come up with something because they owe a few thousand to the government. The most common place that I see that happen is when you change jobs right. partway through the year. And uh, so it, it may not always be that the payroll folks uh, changed or messed up or anything. Maybe it's just a new employer and you filled out 
uh, your W-4 differently this time. Right. Forgot how you filled it out at your old job, and, and you don't find out until tax time. So That's right. Yep. Another reminder anymore, so many people have their paychecks direct deposited. You don't get a physical pay stub anymore. Yeah. Take a look at your pay stub. If it's online or whatever, you've got to review that every once in a while because of all of these situations that you guys are talking about. So many people don't look at them. They get their W-2 at the end of the year. Don't pay attention to that to notice that their withholdings drop so much. If that's an unfamiliar voice, uh, folks, we're joined by special guest CPA Ryan Fair today, along with uh, myself and Josh. And we're talking about how to win at taxes this year. And we've broken down just several different issues that you can do, things that you can do to make last year, 2016 better, and things even consider for 2017. We've got a few more listener questions we need to get to here. Sarah's question is a good one. I get this one from time to time, Ryan. Hopefully you can shed some light. Mm -hmm. Here's what she asked. I'm a teacher in the area, and I've heard some rumors that teachers are no longer eligible to receive some tax benefits. Do you know what that's referring to and whether or not that's actually changing? Yeah. Hey, Sarah, I do I do know what they're talking about. Unfortunately, uh, what you've been hearing is just that, a rumor. Ah. So, yeah. So, so that rumor was... Probably, uh, let's see, 14 months old, back at the, before the end of 2015, that educator expense deduction was scheduled to go away. It got extended right at the end of 15, and they actually Congress actually made it permanent for 16 moving forward. So hopefully we can forget about that one for a while. <laughs> and for the rest of you that aren't teachers or may not know of this, what it, what it is is there's a uh, deduction on the front page of your tax return that teachers or uh K through 12 educators, so it could be principals, assistants, people that work in the, the school system, they can deduct up to $250 of their out-of-pocket supplies expense within the classroom that they're spending throughout the year. That's worth uh, emphasizing, by the way. I, I don't know if most people would realize that teachers spend a lot of their own money to mm -hmm. get the classroom ready, to get supplies. I, I look at my kids' teachers and, and some of the prizes that they, they offer, you know, just incentives yeah. and rewards to the class. A lot of that comes out of their own pocket. It's not, you know, uh, taxpayer dollars being used there. So it makes sense that they should be able to write it off on their taxes. Right. Most educators laugh when I ask them, hey, did you spend $250 exactly. this year for your classroom supplies? You know, they, they laugh and yeah. you know, say, wish it was only $250. So, right. so yeah, that is around and it's going to stick for a while. In addition, for our Indiana teachers out there, this one is new, and make sure you talk to your tax preparer or make sure that they get this on your tax return. Indiana has a new credit. So before we were talking deduction, this is a credit for qualified expenses for classroom supplies for $100 on your tax return. But a credit is dollar for dollar, so that's dollar for dollar. Back Better than the 250 then. Right. So, nice. so yeah, your 250 is a deduction from income, so you're paying tax on $250 less of income. Indiana came along and made a, created an even better thing for the tax returns. It's a credit of $100 per teacher. So if husband and wife are both teachers, extra $200 in their Indiana refund this nice. year. That's why you got to work with a, a CPA for sure. Um, <laughs> so we went to we we went to Disney this past year with the family and the kids wanted this book of Disney stories and we were like no it's too expensive. Carrington's teacher got all of the kids that exact book for Christmas. Really? I'm sure she spent wow. uh, just a ton of money and so yes, a lot of teachers spend stuff on their kids in classroom and everything. $250 is a measly amount, but 
anything helps. So did we you got, feel like a cheapskate there? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot more questions coming up here with Ryan Fair and Mike and Josh here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keen, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on 95.3 MNC. My name's Mike Bernard alongside... Joshua Gregory and Ryan Fair today, CPA with us over at Corhorn Financial Group. If you missed anything, check us out at wisemoneyradio.com. You can listen to previous episodes, catch anything that you missed. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Um, Also, go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call 574-222-2000 if you want to leave a question. We will address it on an upcoming show. Uh, This is tax season, folks. We're going to get a ton of tax questions, so keep sending them our way. Uh, what we've been covering today is mostly about how to win this year on your taxes, how to make sure you're not missing any deductions or anything like that. And we talked about the various processes that we go through at KFG and given, even giving you some ideas here. We're tipping uh, or we're dipping into other questions here from listeners. Next one is from Robert. Here's what he asked. I began doing some consulting on the side in 2016 in addition to my regular income. Do I need to begin paying estimates and is it too late to do so for 2016? I love that question, by the way. Yeah. That, I, I wish we could spend an entire show on this very issue because there's so many um, d- different channels that we could go down, different rabbit trails to, to discuss on this one. You ask and you shall receive, Joshua. I will add that to the list. All right. There you go. Talk about. Well, it, it, it actually could be something that applies to an awful lot of people, too, because there are so many folks out there in this country who do side businesses of some sort. You know, maybe they work for a, a business or some other employer, but then on the side, they they have a sole proprietorship, just like Robert does here. And a, a lot of them are very gifted at the trade that they're out there pursuing. Sounds like Robert is a consultant, and I'm sure he earns every penny with his, his clients. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're an expert on the tax ramifications. And it can be overwhelming to a lot of small business owners, especially those that are kind of doing it on the side here. Yeah, the tax adds up in a hurry. So to answer Robert's question, is it too late to to do so, to pay estimates in? Uh, from the government perspective, it's never too late. They they will always gladly <laughs> always take your money. your money, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so so technically, the fourth quarter estimates, fourth quarter of 2016, estimates were due January 17th. Uh, so that deadline is passed, but if you're going to owe, and if there's going to be underpayment penalties... The penalties are calculated on a daily basis, so yeah. the sooner you do send them in, the better, as opposed to wait until April mm. to to send it. So, so yeah, you can if you're definitely going to owe and you don't meet the the safe harbor, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, you you can go ahead and send in those estimated taxes now. So, the safe harbor that I was talking about, what that is, is the, the IRS and the state gives you what they call safe harbor, meaning uh, if you pay in at least 100% of your prior year's total tax liability. If you pay that in timely throughout the year, which is either through withholdings or through these estimated taxes that we're talking about, if you pay those in timely, 
you're going to be okay as far as any underpayment penalties go. There won't be any penalties on your tax return. If you had income or adjusted gross income of over $150,000 last year, you do have to increase that safe harbor to 110% of your prior year's total tax. But I always tell people if you, you know, if you win the lottery this year or in Robert's case, if he does consulting and earns an extra, you know, $100,000 that he didn't have last year, he's going to owe a bunch in April, but he won't have any underpayment penalties as long as he meets those safe harbor thresholds. Yeah, so, to me, the the owe a bunch issue is the reason to try to stay timely throughout the year and to do these types of quarterly right. estimates. It's not just about being compliant and making sure that you avoid any underpayment penalties. It's to make sure that you don't get to the end of the year and have a nasty tax surprise where you just don't realize that a lot of that sole proprietor type income, this consulting type income, is going to get taxed more heavily than probably any other income on your tax return. Yep. And sure. that's that's because you're not only going to pay federal income taxes and state and local income taxes, but you also have an additional item called self-employment tax. And this is basically how you as a sole proprietor pay into the Medicare and Social Security system uh, th- throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a hefty percentage. I mean, that's an extra 15.3% right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be careful to earn this consulting income or whatever and then spend it right away. Uh, you, you definitely need to be aware of the tax situation. And um, regarding estimates, as if they could make it any more difficult, right. these quarterly estimates aren't <laughs> every quarter, folks. Right, right. So what's the schedule, Ryan? Yeah, so the first, first quarter starts April 15th. So oh, and the, let me just touch on that there. So if this is your first year mm-hmm. and you're going to owe a bunch, so you get your taxes done in March or April and you owe a bunch for 16 and now you got to pay an estimate for 17. You got so that's it. a double whammy there. Yep. And so then the quarterly time schedule that Mike's Mike's talking about is this is where it gets goofy. So the first quarter is fine. We've got April 15th. Then we go out only 2 months instead of 3 months. So 2 months is June 15th. That's when the second quarter estimates are due. Then we go out another three months. September 15th is the third quarter deadline. And then we go out four months, which gets us back to January 15th is when the fourth quarter estimate is due. So it's really a screwy schedule um, for you know what is called quarterly estimates. They're not quarterly at all. Really easy to miss that, yeah, yep. for sure. And then the last thing, if that's not enough reason to make sure you're working with someone so that you know what amount and really when they're due... Just be aware that this other income could push you out of the range for some potential tax goodies. This additional income could mean you're not getting that full child tax credit that Josh talked about. It might mean you're not getting the retirement savers credit when you might lose some of the American Opportunity Credit if you're getting any of those. So the point really is just to be aware and really be proactive. Again, I want folks to make as much money as possible. Go out there and work, folks. Let's, let's, let's do this. But be aware and be proactive as to how that's going to impact your taxes. One of the ways you can be proactive, by the way, if, if this is you, you have a side business and, and you're doing some consulting similar to, to Robert, um, is throughout the year to not just keep tabs on how much income is coming in from your consulting, but also keep very close tabs on the expenses as well. What's going to happen if, if you are a sole proprietor, you're going to file an extra form attached to your personal tax return called a Schedule C. You could go out on the IRS website and actually take a look at this form if you wanted to, but this is essentially where your revenues or your income are going to be recorded, and then you get to subtract off of that all of the 
uh, available business expenses. And the form actually breaks it down into some categories. So it helps give you a vision for what are the types of things that I'm spending money on throughout this year that could be tax deductible for me at the end of the year. The whole point is we want as many legitimate expenses as possible so that you're not paying tax on more profit than absolutely necessary. And no illegitimate expenses. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Brian. I, re- I seem to remember that once you turn a certain age, you are required to take money out of your investments. My parents are about to turn 70 this year, and I'm not sure if they are aware of this. Can you explain these rules? Yeah, sure. I'll start. Um, what what Brian is thinking of is called the required minimum distributions. So once a taxpayer turns age 70 and a half, the IRS actually has rules that say that you have to begin taking money out of those IRAs each year. And they have uh, tables that they've created based on life expectancy and so what you do is to take the 1231 balance from the prior year of an IRA or qualified retirement plan and figure out how much, based on the tables, you're required to take out, and you've got to take it out. So the IRS has allowed these IRA or retirement plans to be tax-deferred over all the years, meaning they've never been taxed, and the IRS, is, their patience is finally out. They, <laughs> so, hey, get the money out of there so we can collect some tax on it. That's right. This is tax postponement, not tax avoidance altogether, yep. right? You got it. So at age 70 and a half, they require that you start pulling some out. I actually just uh, crunched the number here, the table that Ryan was referring to. In the first year, you have to pull out 3.65%. Of what the account balance was the prior year. And that number goes up every single Mm -hmm. year. So this isn't the same calculation each and every year. It's redone based on the the new account balance and the new divisor that they they put on this this table. Yep. And so those start in the April 1st of the year following the year that the taxpayer turned 17 and a half. Is when you have to start that. And then every year thereafter. Who in the world... Could dream up that age. Yeah, why it 70 and a half? Doesn't right? make any sense. But Congress. that that applies in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> that applies to uh, pre-tax dollars, folks. That does not apply to Roths. We talk about the Roth IRA a lot on this program. It does not apply to Roth. But you can't do a Roth conversion with your required minimum distribution. So, hey, one more thing. I don't know if this was mentioned, but. Uh, Congress means business on this, right? Yes. If you fail to do this, the penalty is as steep as 50%. they come. It's 50%. All right, Big folks. deal. That's going to do it for us. On behalf of CPA Ryan Fair, Josh Gregory, and myself, have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, 95.3 MNC. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.